Hello and welcome to the DH Effect. I'm Hillary and this is my beautiful co-host, Sonia. And today we are continuing to talk about what it means to grow with a decided heart. Our guest today is Mel Studer, who is an educator, speaker, parenting mentor. Oh my goodness, so many, all the things. Her national blog is Parenting High Schoolers where she really helps parents and caregivers to continue to grow and evolve because we have to and exchange those resources and insights and inspiration that we really need around some really unique and challenging experiences, not just of teens, but all of the things that are going on in our society today as they change. Thank you so much and welcome, Mel. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Mel, you and I, we met... Uh, over the last summer. It was in the middle of the pandemic. And it was amazing because you and your partner, Laura, uh, created these summits for parents to come together, educators to come together. It was such a great virtual sense of belonging. And you were really about what I understood, like just not only spreading the information, but the resources are so good. So it's a tangible experience for parents to come together and say, we're growing here <laughs> in our family we're growing. It's usually tougher. It's not usually like, oh, we're celebrating and we're reaching out. It's usually like, we need some help. How did your story start before you created this national blog? So I am just a regular mom. I taught school. I've taught at three levels, preschool for this is my 10th year. And then I taught elementary for 10 years and I taught middle school for two, which that was enough with middle school. Um, I had just gotten rid of my middle schooler at that point, And I thought, oh, I can do this. And well, but anyway, going back a few years when our oldest son turned 14, we had three boys who were now 24, 21 and 17. Uh, we were feeling a real disconnect with our oldest. And that was super frustrating because I, up until that point, we felt like, oh, you know, this parenting thing, I think we've, you know, we felt like we had it down pretty well. I mean, our kids weren't perfect, but, but at that point I struck, we struggled. Where were we going to go from here? Because we did not like the way things were going. And, um, so I was talking to a girlfriend who I actually started the blog with, who had just moved from my hometown, which is Columbia, Missouri. She had moved to Florida and it was sort of a way to keep in touch so we started the blog. She did the tech part. I did the writing and we did a little bit of the other too, but really I missed that part of her <laughs> doing the tech. But um, for us, she was a mom of girls. I was a mom of boys. And we just wanted to dive deeper into like, how could we help parents that were in our same situation? Like nothing was massively wrong. We just wanted to connect more and help parents. And through that on my, on the side, I wrote a book. Um, which I happen to have right here, mm -hmm. College Bound, the ultimate list of conversations to help your teen through high school, which evolved from some of the research and the blog posts that I had written. But really, I wanted to find out how could I reconnect with Sam? And so through that, I realized that the one thing that we had dropped the ball on was that we weren't, we weren't talking, to, we weren't expecting him to talk to us anymore. We were just like, everyone's like, oh, teenagers do that. And I wasn't okay with that answer. And so through this, we realized we needed to put some limits on the things that he was doing, such as being on a phone um, 
and the solitude, which again is normal, but being in there all day, all night is not, and it's not okay, or at least it wasn't in our house. So we started putting limits on some of those things and expecting him to be part of our family while he was still here and reaching out and starting baby steps of reconnecting, like talking about like non, you know, serious topics, just, Hey, can we talk this Sunday? You know, what do you, you know, what's going on in your life or just easy stuff. And then we built it out back together, you know, built it out to where we could had really reconnected and felt like, okay, this is, we feel better about this. So that's kind of where it all started. And that, I mean, Sam's 24 now. So that was about 10 years ago and the blog started, I think we started it six years ago and and published five years ago because it took some time to figure it all out. You know, I'd love to go back to something that you said, because I think that that is a a huge like aha for so many people or people who haven't had the aha yet is that idea around expectations. I think so many times we sort of become uh, a victim. James Clear says, you know, we're a victim to our environment rather than being the architect of our environment. And so that idea of, wait, hold on, can we pause for a moment and think what are our expectations about being a part of this family and how can we communicate those? Can you talk about that a little bit and share maybe even some insight with those parents listening out there you know, what, what does that mean to set those expectations and how do you do it in a way that's not going to be like, mom, you know, yeah. well, you'll still get that, but um, get, expect that that's part yeah, of the expectation pushback. And I think, I think that's where a lot of, I think a lot of times we get into these teenage years and you, you know, you hear things like, oh, teenagers are just, you know, oh, the attitude, the, um, which all of that is true. I'm not saying that it's not the ad, but here's the part about, you know, you don't stop being a parent. And I think these seven years that you have a teenager, because it starts when they're 13, that's, you know, the day they turn 20, they really still are needing so much support from you. But I feel like we did that. My husband and I are very guilty of just thinking, you know, things have been pretty good and Sam was a good kid. I mean, you know, there were occasional things, but nothing major. And we were like, okay, well, we'll let him go. And, and I don't even think it was conscious. We just did it. And then, like I said, when he turned 14, it was, you know, 14 for a girl or a boy, because I watched seven nieces and it's just like, um, (laughs) it's a tough age. And they need us so much more. And I think a lot of times when they are being that horrible, terrible, awful person, it's because they just don't, they have all these hormones raging. They are confused. They're overwhelmed. They don't know anything. And I think a lot of times they think we expect them to. And that's where that conversation, that connection piece is so important. And and you have to fight for it. And that's what I think we realized in the, you know, looking back was, you know, I could, we couldn't expect everything to be perfect. Not that it ever was, but to be just great again without starting small. And I think that a lot of parents get to this, this crisis or this realization that things have gone awry. Well, so take baby steps to 
get back to where you want it to be. And it won't ever be the same because they are a different person and, you, you know, they're evolving as a young adult, but don't stop. And that's where our mistake was. So we did not make that same mistake with number two and number three boys. Um, and again, we got pushed back and attitude. It doesn't mean that they're not going to do that, but at least you're making the effort and they need to see that they need, that's what shows them your love. And so you can't, you just can't stop. Well, you know, one that's such a, you so much, so powerful. Thank you so much for just sharing that, you know, in terms of the intimacy within families and their teens. And for this month, you know, our theme is growing with a decided heart. And what we mean by growing is sometimes when things get challenging, we might anchor ourselves to the guilt, the shame, the blame. And you've mentioned, you know, it felt guilty, like, wow, we let, we let that happen, you know, because there was trust, like this is supposed to happen. So we let it happen. And ooh, now we felt like it went another direction. There's guilt there. And maybe there's now blame. Well, we're going to blame the phone. We're going to blame all these different factors. And what I just truly cherish in what you said is the moment where you and dad said, we need to, we have to stop and we have to do something. I mean, the courage to say, we can't, we can't move on in that tunnel of blame and shame and, you know, and um, guilt to take action. And I just really love that you said, action doesn't need to be huge. Mm -mm. It doesn't have to be like, it's everything or nothing. It's one step. Let's talk to him about his favorite video game. Like, yeah, something like that leans into him to eventually get out of that. I, I feel like I'm seeing a tunnel mm -hmm. or something to get out of the tunnel into mm -hmm. the light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It, and, and, and that's one thing that I think we need to remember for our teens too, is they have so much that they need to learn and experience. And when we're expecting them to all of a sudden just know things, that's not fair either. Mm -hmm. So, so as a parent, we've got to take small steps, but we have to not expect our kids to just automatically, you know, understand or know, I mean, the topics are endless, but just feed them little sound bites. Like, you, you know, you, you could almost give your child as like a bird, you know, you give them a little bit in their beak at a time. And, um, and yeah, you, you are the ultimate goal is to set them free, but you've got to, you've got to help prepare them and they're not ready to hear like, you can't just say, okay, we're going to talk about a budget today and expect them by the end of that day to just be able to manage all of their money, like tomorrow, you know, maybe start with, okay, you've got a job now. Let's talk about who's going to pay for gas and fun stuff and then work it out from there. Like every single thing that's funny that this topic came up is my YouTube video this week is breaking things down, helping them to see that as they're learning things or trying to accomplish things, I'm in the middle of James Clear's Atomic Habits right now. So this all, I love his book, but anyway, so just knowing that we as parents can break things down and helping them to see that they can too, that they're not expected to know everything or to like get that huge assignment done tomorrow. Well, okay. So you've got two weeks. Let's figure out how you're going to, to work on that mm -hmm. as you go along those two weeks. Sure. Really, we should probably, this would be a great time. So somebody's going to want to go and, and check out that YouTube video. This would be a great part for you to say, what should they be looking for? What should they go look on YouTube for? It's, it's parenting high schoolers. It's, uh, um, it, you, I think it, 
Yeah, it's parenting high schoolers. I was going to say it's a bunch of gobbledygook, but I finally got my vanity tag. Um, so yeah, and I've got tips every week. I try to keep the videos less than 10 minutes of just things as a mom, as a teacher, you know, at, you know, some self-care for mom, but mostly just things to think about when you have a teen, you know, dating, school, um, college prep, life prep, you know, life skills. So, you know, Mel, I, I thank you so much for that. And I think it's so important for us to connect with resources and help one another out because it can feel like a really, really lonely job. And the funny thing is, is the more worried and almost shameful that we feel because we don't have everything figured out. The more we project that sometimes on our kids and our kids are feeling those things from us. And then they're worrying that they're the ones who are, you know, oh, maybe, maybe this is because of me and Mm -hmm. I've done this wrong. And there can be this sort of overriding sense of negativity that comes out in this confusion instead of having the fun and the playfulness of, Hey, we're figuring this out together. And that's okay. Um, one of the things that I've been noticing a lot lately, and I'd love to have you speak on this is, is when we've been talking to some of our clients and people, um, they are really good at telling people what they don't want, but they have no idea what they Mm. do want and how to ask for that. Um, and I see that being highly related to this idea with our teens and, and we are so good at don't do that. Don't go in your room. Don't da, da, da. do you have some tips and some advice and some thoughts for parents out there who are kind of stuck in that negative cycle of this is what you shouldn't do. <laughs> well, you know, because you, you want the, you only want the best mm-hmm. and you want to keep them safe, but yeah, it, that's a hard, it, that is such a hard line to, you know, it's like walking on a tightrope. You just, you don't, you don't want them to fall off, but you're like, you just, I'm going to hold you. Um, so I'm kind of weird. Like we don't track our kids on, I mean, we have, we trust them until we don't. And so, and have they made perfect decisions? No, but we have to let them try. Um, and I think some of the things that, that that's where these conversations come in is an, and a like if you have a, t- a tween or, you know, even an elementary the, start now, wherever you are, but the younger, the better, because you can start these conversations about, you know, what if this situation were to occur and let's, let's talk about what, like, what are some ways you could deal with that? Or, you know, how do you think it would be, how would you want us to help you in that situation? For instance, like going to a party where there was drinking, you know, what, I know like some parents have a code word that you text and, you know, we have to let them get into those situations because they have to figure out how to problem solve. And I think that's where we do a lot of disservice. And I know I've caught myself doing it too, like checking grades and, oh, you need to turn that in tomorrow. That's not helping. Um, I think we have to let them fail. Mm-hmm. And so I over um, parented probably our oldest. I mean, we both probably did once we reconnected, that was not even part of it. We just like, I took his grades all the time. And then he got to college and I couldn't, and he really struggled his freshman year until he figured out how to do it on his own. So with the other two, we, I'm like, okay, I wanted you to come to me at least once a month and kind of show me what's going on. And if there's anything you need to explain, this is the time, but I'm not checking. 
Mm. And so that really helped them realize, oh, I'm going to have to figure that I, I have to, you know, they knew they were accountable, but that we weren't going to be just micromanaging them. I hate that. I hate to be micromanaged as an adult, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it, and it's not fair to them to make their life miserable. So if I had anything to say, I would say just choose your battles mm-hmm. and what is the most important thing to you? Like if they want to be alone, then I, I think that's okay. But then you need to say, well, an hour is probably enough, or maybe on weekends, a couple of hours, but when, when you're alone, alone means alone. So like no phone, that's, that's not alone. You know, you guys need to negotiate and maybe there's exceptions, you know, maybe a friend is in the middle of a crisis and, you know, but in general, that's where those conversations and those negotiations and, you know, set your boundaries, but then be willing to work with them. And they need to see that you care enough to make exceptions or to, um, that you want to know how can you work with them to figure out different things. Well, I, okay. yeah, I was going to ask you something. Cause I was, if you don't mind, and mm-hmm. then I better lead into yeah. it, but, but it reminds me the word that keeps bubbling up is dignity and respect. Mm. I feel like yeah. you're really good at that oh, for sure. No, I don't know. I, I mean, d- the dignity and respect, I, what was resonating. I wanted to share a story about, so I have a third, I have a 21 year old and a 13 year old and, um, dignity is, is so powerful. Um, it is about simply honoring the person as is not the expectation of what they are, the, their potential, or even their gifts or talents. It is, it's just as you are celebrating that. Right. Mm-hmm. And the respect is, you know, we, 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 um, talk about companioning a lot, uh, and companioning another, whether it's our own child, our partner, our friend, anybody, it's that we're in our nonverbal, in everything that we do in our presence, nonverbals, our words, we're giving them the respect that you have your own life experiences mm-hmm. and you have the capabilities and abilities to manage it. Mm-hmm. And as your guide, as your parent, we're going to guide you through helping you figure out what those capabilities are so you can celebrate. You can mm-hmm. take ownership and say, Mom, I got this. I do got this. I have those abilities to overcome. Uh, and one thing I wanted to, because I was resonating with the story, was um, that Gabby is really into music. And, you know, of course there's those, the mom, the mama were like, oh my gosh, what could, what can we do with this? She seems like to have a lot of passion. And, you know, you'd think that, I guess I, my initial reaction was, I guess I have to feed her everything so that she can be like known in the industry and taking baby steps. I'm realizing like, oh, wait, this is not my experience. This is hers. I'm going to walk alongside. And so I asked her, what, what does it look like? What does it feel like to have music in your life? And this is going back to your question as well. What is it that you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what, and paint the picture of what that looks like and feels to you. And so instead of saying her saying like, oh no, I don't want to be honest. I don't want to do this. She said, music to me is my art form. It's an expression. It's so when I got to listen to what she wanted, what clarity for me as a mom mm-hmm. to know how to guide her through that. So yeah, all of those things were kind of mm. filtering down and thank you. So I was resonating with all, with the, with the experience and how beautiful it can be when you build that. Yeah. And conversations are, they're just key to everything, you know, and they don't, 
you know, sometimes they will evolve. That's the other thing I was going to say. If you're, if you're starting the reconnection process, one thing we learned was we started, like I said, tiny, but like literally set an alarm because I wanted Sam to, well, cause we, he was in that huge, like, you don't, you know, he didn't say out the words, but he didn't think we respected him and all that. So I said, okay, if you can give us 10 minutes and we set the timer. And at the end of those 10 minutes, we would talk and say, okay, so could we set it for five more or do we table this and, and reconnect in another week? And we let him sort of guide us in that because I felt like as a formerly micromanaged person that he needed to feel in control and know that we respected his limits. And there were times when 10 minutes or 15 or whatever it was, was like, he was done. But then there were other times that we would like have start gotten into some massive conversation and he would say, no, just turn it off. And, you know, and it would go from there. So when we give them that ownership piece, you know, that, like you said, respect and dignity, mm-hmm. I feel like they, that is, and they don't know that, but it's showing them that we value their time, that we love them. And more than any other time, maybe except for when they have diapers, this is, they, they need to see it. They need to hear it. They need to feel it um, so much. You know, I think a lot of people just give up on their teens and it just breaks my heart as a mom and as a former teacher, just, they have so much to give. We just need to help them with those, you know, some of those steps. Well, I love that. And I think it really is being flexible enough as we were kind of all Mm -hmm. saying to accept them where they are in that moment and to not take it personally. I mean, that's where that detached yeah. come cats really hard. <laughs> it is so hard because they are a piece of our heart outside of our bodies, right? Like it's totally, totally get that. But you know, that's where sometimes that playfulness and fun can come in as well. Um, you know, the conversations, my husband and I, we have three as well. We have a almost 21 year old, um, 19 year old and 17 year old. They're, they're not quite there yet, but they're all like on the cusp of turning that. And so it's funny because they have a mom who's been a professional speaker for years and years and years. So people pay me to come in and, and inspire them and tell them what to do. Right. You don't want that as a mom all the time. Right. And the same thing, my, my husband runs a company. And so our kid, like we'll joke around now when it gets going and they'll be like, mom, you're preaching a little bit preach sister, you know? And then I'm like, okay, (laughs) all right, I got it. I'll come back to this is a conversation. I need to listen. I need to hear you, you know, cause sometimes it's like, if I just say the right thing, the the, the switch is going to flip and the light bulb's going to go off and it's all going to be, that's not how it works. (laughs) That's that's how it works. And then the kids will be like to to their dad. They're like, um, this is not a business. (laughs) And it's not sassy. Like we've had the conversations to give them permission because we as parents in our trying to do the very best that we can and out of an abundance of love, sometimes look back and are like, wow, that was probably not the way that I wanted to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think listening, what you just said there is so key. I think so many times we plow over them with, cause we know, we know better and we don't, we don't. And here's the thing. They are growing up in a world that is so far removed from any thing that we ever experienced and, and, and probably almost every way. Um, and so I think we need to ask more questions and, and, you know, start maybe with a question that's something more fun. Like you said, keep it lighthearted and then it can 
evolve, but listening is for me, it's hard too. Cause like, I'm the teacher. I'm like, you know, you need to do this. And, and they don't, they don't want that and they don't need that necessarily. I mean, if they ask, you know, and I even still have to be sure I'm not over talking, you know, saying too much, like, and my husband, God love him. You know, he has a tendency to talk a lot. And I, so I'll, I'm in the background going, you know, <laughs> cut it off because they, you said it, you're just saying it for the 14th yeah. time. So, well, I have to say to everyone, you know, what I, you model what you say in the parenting support world, um, your blogs and tidbits of resources are fun. I mean, they're, you're learning, but I love honestly, like when I thought, oh, another blog, when I went, it was fun. Like here are 14 things you can do to make your teen feel great today. Bake or am I, or you do the work, like here are some gifts that teens are saying they love. So there's some fun in your blogs as well as more of that, those heavier conversations and tools. So to our audience, go check out the blog, but you also have this amazing course that I'd love you to describe for those parents who are feeling Oh, I'm feeling that intensity happening, happening, or I've, I'm in it and it's been a while. Can you describe the course a bit? Yeah, I named it reset your relationship because it it's all about relationships. And a lot of times we just need to reboot what's happening. Just like I talked about earlier with our 14 year old. And I really tried to, um, there's five modules. Each one comes with its own, you know, lists and checklists and, you know, things you can print out ideas to try. And I, it just, I try to make it as user-friendly as possible and thought, thinking back to our experience of what, what worked and, and one thing might work today, but it won't work tomorrow for and you have different kids. Like my three boys are as different as they could be. And so one thing that might work for one son did not necessarily work for the other, but even with your own, you know, like with Sam, maybe something worked today, but I tried it again in two weeks and he was like, what are you talking? You know? So you just, I think flexibility as a parent is so is paramount flexibility, listening, just, so that's kind of where that course came from, it was just sort of a passion project of mine, just like, okay, I don't know it all. And I'm not, oh my gosh, I'm so far from a perfect parent, but I do. I think my passion is just trying to help other parents of teens because I don't want, don't give up and love on your teen. And, you know, all those cliches, it takes a village. Well, it's true. And, you know, finding help wherever you can find it is so so critical to um, parenting your teen through adulthood. No, I love that so much. And I know, I know where people are going to want to know where to find you because we really do, like you said, especially coming out of the pandemic, I think mm-hmm. there were so many times we felt alone, even in our own home, you know, even our home surrounded by other people, but, but, but yet nobody was helping us see outside of it. And so coming and finding out that other parents were going through the same thing. And we know there were such huge things going on for teens during that time, bigger than, than any other time in in our lifetime, for sure. uh, In such an increase. So where can our parents who are like, Oh yes, yes. (laughs) Mel's there for us. She's going to build our community, our people, our village, and we're going to be able to go to it. Mm -hmm. Where can they find you? 
So my website is parentinghighschoolers.com. And then, you know, I, I have, I'm everywhere. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I have my YouTube channel. And even within Facebook, um, if you go to the main group, occasionally I shoot, I have two other like groups that is, um, like I do a deals page, you know, like for testing courses, or like, if you guys were doing something exciting, you know, like I might share a, I just kind of share resources as well as just things that I'm like, Oh, do you have a team that needs whatever, you know, it's, it's not just things for sale. It's also things that are helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, and then one of my Facebook groups is, um, I think I can't remember. It's like reset your connection. It's, it's along the lines of what we've been talking about. And again, I just try to mostly share my stuff because I feel like I've worked really hard on it, but then there are other things, you know, as things occur or, you know, I'm getting emails from companies and you guys and like all kinds of different things. So I try to like, just disperse that information out wherever I think it's going to be the most helpful. So I'm, I'm sort of everywhere. Yay. That's great. That's really good news for us. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you so much to our listeners for joining us uh, for this episode with Mel. Please be sure to follow us on all the social media platforms. Now you've heard Mel's social media platforms. We will have the links for you guys to um, find her and make sure to subscribe to your favorite podcast platforms and our YouTube videos so you won't miss an episode in the future. Check out our website at thedheffect.com for some great opportunities to learn and to grow. Until next time, may you have the courage to live with a decided heart. Thank you.